What's up, everybody? Welcome back to, I guess, the second after two weeks ago, but the Jurors Way kind of DFS show on Monday or Wednesday. I appreciate Jurors very much for letting me do this. Appreciate y'all, whether you're listening live and direct right now on Twitter or through YouTube or whatever you might be. I appreciate you and thank you for this opportunity. It was just getting things cooking on Twitter. <laughs> I was talking about uh, a few things. Just dropped my phone. One, the Mississippi Grind, which I do want to talk about that movie. But also, I don't know if anybody, if any of these listeners are, there may be likely from the state of Jersey, which I'm in Kentucky. That's that's Jersey South. But uh, when I was in college, a lot of our fraternities formals were down in New Orleans. So we took that road trip down there and you think you're close once you get to Mississippi, but it's like another four hours. It's it's really just awful. It's terrible. And gosh, we used to have them all. And I went there down like probably like six or eight times down to, to New Orleans. And it's a straight shot through Mississippi, which is why I'm talking about it. But uh, the first time was with, we all got like, you know, it's like six of my buddies. We got some fake IDs and but these were like legit fake IDs, not that like your your cousin gave you. These were like made uh, by some dude who just made them. I don't know. And man, and had a good time and got into some bars and some some were turned away by the bouncers. But like shout out to to the bouncer at some of these bars in New Orleans. The looking at your ID and knowing it's fake, but still giving it back to you is kind of like the bouncer saying, all right, look, I know it's fake. I just got to do my job, but I'm giving it back to you. I'm not throwing away. I'm not cutting up. I'm giving it back to you because I appreciate the hustle. And so shout out to that. So, and then Mississippi grind. If you, if you're a, if you're a gambler, you like investing anything gambling, check out the movie Mississippi grind. It's a good one. It, it, it probably can kind of resonate, but we're, we're not here to talk about all that. We're not here to talk about Mississippi, I guess, kind of, but, but I woke up today or I got home today from work, just feeling gratitude. And a gratitude is a great thing to feel, especially with DFS. We got an opportunity this week. We got an opportunity to win a GPP, make some, some money that can help pay bills, help pay a debt, or help go on a vacation, or do something to a house, apartment, whatever. We got an opportunity to do that. And I'm so bummed because we cannot see any sort of chat because of how the Periscope, Twitter, video, whatever the hell it is, kind of how that changed up. So I, I'm kind of bummed about that, or I'm super bummed because part of the joy within doing this is connecting with you all. And and you, I mean, you guys, you guys are my buddies, you're my friends. And so, man, if we can't do that, I'm I'm super bummed. And so hopefully we can kind of connect this weekend, get in some you know DMs, get into mine, shoot some to jurors. I know I'll be talking jurors about his picks. I really like his picks this week and or all week, but especially especially this week. So, you know, feeling grateful. Hopefully you all out feeling grateful. Hopefully there's something today that happened to you that made you feel grateful, made you feel good because you deserve it. I appreciate y'all for that. But let's dive in. And I'm going to talk a quick strategy because likely if you're listening because you are through through jurors that you're not maybe familiar with with some DFS strategy. And so I want to say that something, unfortunately, maybe that's not so important this week, but will be important probably every week once we get into the, the real swing season, uh, you know, after January, after Kapalua, is that we want to find golfers, right? Not who are turning in the wrong way or not have plateaued. One way through betting and DFS, we find value within golfers is, yeah, within finding values that golfers that are peaking at the right time. So there's no real value, really, if we kind of know a golfer has plateaued or is 
you know, digressing. So we want to find golfers that are peaking at the right time. So if you use your models and you look at rounds from the last four, six, eight, 12, whatever, and you look at strokes gained approach for something, you can find trends and we call that a rolling report or a trend report. And so it's so helpful. And this is, this is why I, you know, humble brag, going to kill it in the 6K get range for a lot of tournaments is you can find golfers who are usually not great, but they're trending at the right times. Maybe they haven't hit their peak yet, so not a lot of people know them. That's why you get them at low ownership, and that's why they're at 6K. But if you can find them peaking at the right time, well, then there's your buy low opportunity. And that's what we want to do, buy low ownership-wise, buy low salary-wise. Unfortunately, this week, because there's a gap in how golfers, uh, the last their last tournament, we can't find that sort of trend. And so if you're using that, if you have used that strategy in the past, adjust it this week because there's such a huge gap and a lot can happen within golf within even two weeks, let alone a month. You know, a coach could help find a golfer, find something on the range. You know, golfers say all the time, the back nine Sunday, I found something and I finished 30th that week, but then I found something that back nine, I finished fifth the next. So it can happen quickly. So just adjust. And the other piece of just advice, if you're getting started in DFS is please be mindful be mindful and honest with who you are and what you do. Likely you're very good at picking golfers. You're very good at the handicapping part, but unfortunately there's human elements that get in the way of us performing well. You know, a lot of it is some biases, some rationalizations or justifications on how we can kind of construct our player pool. But also is that like humans are attachment beings. We love attachments. We want to attach people. We want to attach the things that makes us feel good. And so what can happen, for example, when, you know, a justification or rationalization, we find on Monday is that, gosh, I just love this guy. And so we, we just build that weekly attachment to this golfer. Well, then we learn that, okay, maybe ownership is getting higher. And we, we, if we had no attachment, we might say, you know, he's not a, he's not a, a play, he's a fade. But because of that attachment to that golfer is in play with us, we end up owning him and it turns into a bad play and it makes our results very, very inconsistent. And one thing we need in DFS is consistent play because you can have six weeks losing in a row in DFS but and still do everything right. So what we're hoping for is like you might have with how GPP works, you want to finish in the top 1%. You know, you're going down, down, down. Then you win a GP, you're way up and you might have a profit for, man, a year or two or maybe even more. So that's the, the real goal was to finish in this 1%. And so some of these human elements really, really get in the way with that. So being honest of, okay, am I attached to a guy I shouldn't? That strategy says that I shouldn't be attached with because we want to think of process over everything. So process that I got to find leverage, regardless if I think this guy is a bad player, good play this week. You know, I, I, I kind of want to find leverage. That's the first step. That's the, always has to be your first step. It has to be the first goal in DFS uh, week to week to week to week. And now you're, you're going to, you know, then go into your handicapping and find a guy that's good chalk versus bad chalk. And you want that to be consistent as well. But yeah, the more consistent we consistent you can be with your process, that is so helpful. And just make sure you got the right process for DFS too. It's very different than, and I'd say very, not lightly, it's super different than just handicapping, you know, going through a sports book and, and picking a guy at odds because you have to know people. You know, one thing I really appreciate about Jurors is, yeah, he's a great handicapper, but he also knows people well. He, he 
he wouldn't know people well if he if he wouldn't be doing these things what he is today. So he knows people well, and that's going to serve him well, and that should serve everybody well at DFS. You got to know people. You got to know what. Okay, what are the masses thinking? What are the other people thinking? The competitors I'm in the GPPs with. So speaking of that, what are people thinking this week? Well, it starts. It has to start with me, though, and I'm going to share my screen and going to go in some ownership with, uh, you know, thanks to Fanshare. Let me get this cooking. Bear with me one second. All right. So we're going to go in some quick ownership, and this isn't the uh, the final projections of ownership. You'll see ownership right here directly to the right of their university, respected university. So you'll see the ownership right here. And I think Mike will put up one more, um, yeah, one more projection later tonight. If you're not a fan share, you usually got to get a fan share. It's the best ownership there is. So Sam Burns. So what are other people thinking? I haven't seen Sam Burns mentioned barely at all. Surprised by the 20%, but it, I was kind of thinking if he got down to less than 12, I might have to reevaluate some things with Sam Burns. Sam Burns had, you know, a disaster in the Tour Championship. Just played awful. Worse, we've seen Sam Burns in a while. So, and that, but that's a month. That's a month from from what it is today, or roughly. So, if he was going to be at twelve under twelve percent, then I thought, well, gosh, maybe getting the highest on guy at twelve percent, the caliber of what Sam Burns is versus this field. Gosh, well. You know that that might be kind of a little bit of a bargain, and so I was going to then change the own to, to some Sam Burns, but it twenty makes it too expensive for me with kind of the ownership. We got Wills Alatoris, who's going to be one of the highest owned guys. It looks like the second highest owned guy in the tournament right now, but I I'm saying Will is is good chalk. So you know it has some good course form. That's one of my favorite things within Fanshare. Good course form. And the course history, not so much, but he hasn't played here that much. He got a very small sample size. One thing I love about Willie Z right now is that he's coming back into some of the ball striking form we saw in the late spring last year. And that's when Willie Z was just killing it every single weekend, Masters included. And if you follow me on Twitter, I'm throwing another humble brag. Peyton Manning throw a humble brag, touchdown. Here it is. I, if you follow me on Twitter, I got Willie Z's buys and sells right all summer. I was off him when he needed to be off him. I called, I said Willie Z was going to miss a cut. And I forgot where it was. And everyone, I got like DMs of people getting mad, <laughs> you know, just getting so mad. Uh, but he ended up missing the cut that week. And so buy and sell Willie Z. So Willie Z is someone I have a good read on. This is the time to buy Willie Z because. Again, he's turning into that form. We talked about the very beginning of the show is we want to find guys on a trajectory where we can reach their peak. I don't think Willie Z is going to peak this week, but he's on that trajectory. But the caliber of, of the golfer he is and the type of field we get, we don't need him to peak. He can he can win this tournament with his B-plus game. So just consider that. Sergio, surprising, so low-owned. Here comes this narrative. We talk about rationalizations and justifications that do not sustain itself in DFS. One of which is unquantifiable narratives. I mean, I can't put, there's no data that backs how I'm thinking. A lot of people thinking likely, well, gosh, Sergio, uh, first you don't relate Sergio to Mississippi. It's the last place I think you might want to be with Sergio post Ryder cup, all the energy spent X, Y, Z throwing off you know, all those adjectives. 
he, he, he doesn't want to be here. He's just going because he's defending. Well, that is unquantifiable. And frankly, if you just flat out believe those things, your mind's working against you, not for you. So as a, a, you know, a game theory person, is let's take advantage of that. And if he's going to be 12, 12%, let's take advantage of that. We saw how well he played at the Ryder Cup. We saw how he's uh, kind of trending into this. And we know his course history. And you're getting him at 12% where Sam Burns is closer to 20 is, is Sergio a better player than Sam Burns over Sergio's career? Sergio is, uh, thanks to his master's win, likely going to be a, a Hall of Famer. But anyway, so right now, I still think he is a better golfer. You're getting that ownership discount and a price discount. I imagine when Mike puts the ownership back up, Sergio may tick a little higher. And I'm not going to talk about all the guys. Sungjae, love him. Corey, don't love him. You know, he, this is where we thought he'd be ownership-wise. And similar to Burns, not coming into this well. Yeah, there's a break. So if you kind of want to bet on upside, I'm not going to talk you off him. We'll not talk you off Corey Connors. He can definitely win. Um, but he just didn't play Corey Connors like golf at the end of last season. Mito, if Mito was 15%, he'd be my highest on golf for share. I, it's just hard not to play him. You know Mito. Not going to talk much about him. You know Keegan. You're not going to talk much about it. I'm going to go into a little stroke gain data as we get going, but I just want to show you the ownership. Surprise that it's up near 15% for Cameron Tringali. That's kind of interesting. Varner, we love that. Anything, if this can get under 10, I'm, it's going to be great. Cameron Davis, his steam has really picked up as, as the week has progressed. He was a sneaky play. I thought on Monday on Drew and I show, not so sneaky at, at 16. Charlie Hoffman, I'm going to tell you what, it's bad chalk. Charlie Hoffman finished tied 22nd two weeks ago at Silverado at a course that he should have thrived. And he is frankly lucky to, to finish that well at tied 22nd. If he couldn't get it done at a course that suits him, and I know this course is very similar, but, you know, I got 15% Charlie Hoffman. No, thank you. Go down a little bit. Seamus Power, surprise how low that is. Everybody's darling right now, Ortiz. I've just seen on Twitter today, everybody's is hyping up in town Ortiz, which he, he's one of my highest on guys in DraftKings. And I, I expect Mike to kind of upgrade Ortiz maybe tonight. Wolf, super surprised that is still low. DFS, you're, I wrote him up on the Fanshare blog. He's, he's the epitome of a game theory play. Because what is everybody doing right now? We have a field with a lot of unknowns. Why is it unknown? Well, it's a weak field. So that includes more golfers that don't separate themselves from the field. Like if John Rahm was in this field and he was healthy and he's feeling good, he would separate himself. In a weak field, there's less separation. You also throw in rookies where we don't have much data behind. It's just a lot of unknowns. So our minds know, gosh, okay, this tournament, there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of unknowns. What do I do with that? Well, I can't play Matthew Wolf because I already have enough unknowns. And when I invest money, when I bet money, you know, it's it's kind of, a, you know, no one likes to lose it. So you, your mind protects you from it. It gives you anxiety. It gives you fear to protect you to not lose money. So it's like there's already enough question marks. I can't play Matthew Wolf. And the majority, whether it's consciously or unconsciously, their brains are doing that. So let's take advantage of that because we've seen Matthew Wolf's ceiling. He, we've seen his ceiling. Almost won two majors. Almost won the two U.S. Opens. We know his ceiling. And I know he didn't play well at the end of last year, but he gets a month off. And we lock can happen in a month off. I'm going to 
buy that upside. I'm going to buy the upside with the game theory piece of only 7%. Buy that. He's more t- he's more talented than Ortiz, Grillo. You know, if Matthew Wolf had, uh, you know, an, a just an average year, he, he would be the highest priced guy in this field. Yeah, just from his from his history. I mean, gosh, he's already a winner. And anyway, so he's he's a he's a great uh, DFS play, excellent and a good bet. I, man, I, I saw some numbers out there had Matthew Wolf at seventy. Anything higher than thirty five is great. Gary Woodland, that is creeping up. Super surprising. Aaron Wise, I don't. Aaron Wise is so vanilla. I do not understand the love for him. Yeah, I mean, he could win here. He models out great. I mean, he's probably going to finish. 30th but the love is you know we know who aaron wise is uh just vanilla that's what i gotta say about the guy just vanilla desire frankly if you give me a hundred a hundred tournaments desire is going to finish better than wise i like desire much here ct pan's very interesting uh bramlett you know how i feel about bramlett the keith mitchell's name's coming up he's going to be higher on pendrith yeah he's got upside Let's just see. Look out for Chez. Look out for Chez. Before I get into strokes gain data, let's just see if there's any real surprises. Taylor Moore, that is a surprise in the 7K range. I love. So who's 10? Who was that? Chad Ramey, another surprise. Mississippi State, though, that might be a little bit of in the narrative. The Bulldogs. Let's see. Anybody else doesn't look like it. So I'm going to come off here and stop sharing my screen. Welcome back, kind of again, kind of live and direct. So that's a few quick look at ownership. It's going to be projected uh, one more time, I think, tonight. Mike will do it. But I, I just kind of want to share a little bit more about, uh, you know, some of my buys and some of my fades. So Mito, everyone is touting him, but let's point out why we're ta- we're kind of touting Mito. He, someone who has played recently, and his last tournament, the, the ball striking numbers are great. Putter was not so great, but that's kind of how we know Mito. I mean, he, he gained a stroke putting, but he needed to, uh, you know, gain at least one or more to kind of win that tournament. But anyway, you're here for the approach numbers. Gained 6.2 in the Fortnite Championship. Gained 2.6 at the 3M. The Barbersaw, where he finished fifth here in Kentucky. Woo-woo. Finished uh, 3.2 on, on approach, John Deere. So he's he's a ball striking machine, and we saw that from Corn Ferry. That's what he's known for. That's what he should do well here. Uh, turning and great. And I, I don't. I'm a natural contrarian player, so I don't want to play him. But I, you just have to. Keegan's kind of the same way, except for the trending part. He models out extremely well here. He models out, you know, number one for me, and likely everybody is seeing that. And that leads me to another thing. If if you're going into DFS. 10 years ago, when we made our own models on Excel, that was such an edge. Now there's all these sites out there. You can make your own model real quick. There's too many sites. And so then you have to change your strategy because, you know, okay, the models I'm creating, everybody is seeing the same data. So then if everyone's seeing the same data, everyone's going to get the same player. Then everyone's going to roster the same player. That's what's happening with Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley is going to be a top 10 on every single, everybody's model. So then instead of just finding contrarian players, you want to incorporate contrarian maybe data into your model. We saw at the U.S. Open, everyone was like, it's going to, oh, the British Open, we, it was going to play this way. It could play completely different. You did contrarian model. You, you got contrarian players and you won the GPP. Uh, 
But I want to say, Keegan, I said this on a Monday night show. Keegan, we know who he is. He's been on the tour a, a long time. And er, early on, he won a major. He's on a couple Ryder Cups. He was a great ball striker. Uh, never a good putter, but the you know the broomstick band that that hurt him. But he's had plenty of time to adjust, and he just hasn't. And he's getting older. So if you're betting on a Keegan spike week, well, there's actually nothing that suggests that's going to happen right now. Not anything related to the trend data. And many people who are betting on Keegan are going to be hoping that he has an above, well above average putting week. Because usually Keegan has a well below average considering to the average PGA Tour golfer. But I'm wondering is, so everyone's focused on uh Bad putters can do well here, Keegan, 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 because he has such great, you know, uh, ball striking numbers and he models out so well. But I'm looking the other way and thinking, I actually think it's not, it's more likely because of my trend says so that the ball striking will get worse rather than the putter get better. And at his ownership, I like that wager that it's, it, that's going to get worse instead of the putter get better. Now, if if he was 5%, I'd say, hell yeah, let's get all on Keegan. Let's just get all on Keegan. But uh, there, it's more lucrative, the other option. The leverage is hard to pass up, and I find a lot of way to kind of bet against. So kind of moving down uh, down a little bit. And I'm just going to go over my favorite plays. Carlos Ortiz, not going to go over him because everyone's talking about him. Uh, Matthew Wolf kind of, kind of wrote that up. But let's talk about Kazire. Kazire – a guy who's, you know, bugaboo, uh, what kind of trips him up is his off the tee game. If you played him in the past, you know that that's, that's what hurts Pat, you know, general Pat. That's what hurts him. Well, this course, it's, minim it's minimized off the tee. The rough, you're more likely to hit green re regulation here in the rough than the average turn tour event. It's not as, you know, penal as we say. Uh, and actually, I don't know who says that. You know, somebody says it, but it's just not as it's not as penal, 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 penal. It's not as penalizing. All right. So coming through, well, what he does well, General Patton, what he does well is he hits approaches from 100 to 125 and 125 to 150. The majority of approach shots here at the Country Club of Jackson are going to come from that range. And Kazire is one of the best in the field within that. He's great on approach. And one thing that saves him his whole career is his putting. So instead of playing bad putters on this course, let's play good putters on this course. That's another way to get contrarian, but I really like Kazire. CT Pan's very interesting. But maybe my favorite play, and it's not maybe, he's my highest on golfer on DFS, that's that's Joe Bramlett. You know, Joe coming off a Corn Ferry um, playoff event. I can't. I don't think he was the – championship actually i think it was he actually won that corn fairy championship a, a few weeks ago but he's coming in trending well he played well at the fortinet but just over the last 24 rounds he ranks fourth on approach he ranks second in driving distance driving distance is key one thing i really, really love is that with the driving distance you get shorter approaches in and with some of these wedges he's actually really really good and well above average obviously with his distance and with his wedge he does well on the par fives but green regulations gained, he ranks 20th. And if you do green in regulations from the rough, he's top 10. So this course where that doesn't matter as much, sign me up for Bramlett. Lastly, he ranks fifth in ball shot striking over the last 24. He's 7,900. If you just kind of 
changed all the names or made them the names invisible and you saw those stats, you're thinking that guy needs to be 10K. He's 89K. He's low owned. Joseph Ramlett. Uh, again, one of the things that's held him back is his putting, but um, I guess it's not going to matter much this week. <laughs> it still will, but Bramlett is too lucrative to pass up with how he models and where his ownership is. It's just that's just too too lucrative. Somebody who's not being talked about at all is Chess. This is a chess course, guys. Very much a chess course. But I'm going to go down and talk about my second favorite play, uh, and that's Matt Wallace. Matt Wallace didn't do well in the BMW Championship over in England. A little worried about that. But gosh, Fanshare, he ranks number one in their course sustainability ranking. It's kind of where our golfer performs based on what we need for the course. Matt Wallace ranks number one. That's a great stat. Matt Wallace is right up there. Uh, but over the last 24, he ranks 12th in approach. Gosh, at 7,100, you get 12th on approach guy. He's great with his wedges, specifically from the biggest differentiation of an average tournament to this tournament is we get about 16% of approach shots come from 100 to 125. Average tournament is a less than 12. You don't think that's a lot, but that makes a huge difference over four rounds in a tournament. Matthew Wolf kills it within that. He does pretty well. He's great in green regulation gain, great in ball striking, top 10. Sign me up for a low on Matt Wallace. The other is Bronson Burgoon. Bronson ranks eighth in my model over the last 24, 11th on approach. That same proximity stat that I said is so important from 100 to 125, Bronson Burgoon ranks fifth. And I'm so surprised. He's popping everywhere. And then the last, I'm going to call him a, a sneaky play is Matthew Neesmith. Oh my gosh. He, we, we know what Matthew Neesmith is. He's a ball striking machine. He kills it with the ball striking. He's just a terrible putter, does not hit it very far, and is bad at par fives. But if, if he just has an average putting week, Matthew Neesmith can ball strike this course to death, and he's six to 600. Just, just silly. This is one of those times where I start, I really miss in the comments because I want to know what my buddies, my friends, everybody out there, I want to know what you're thinking. But damn, I can't see it. It sucks. It loses that connection. What I say about earlier in the show, I said humans are attachment beings. We want to attach to the people and the things. And man, we're not getting that attachment right now, are we? But anyway, I'm going to just throw in a few kind of really, really low owned salary kind of relief guys. We call them the value plays. Martin Laird is interesting. Roy Sabatini is interesting. Sabatini is actually really interesting, and I wanted to play him. I just couldn't get to it, but he actually played. Uh, we saw what he did at the Olympics, but he played pretty decently at the Wyndham, which is his last tournament. And I say decently, he finished top 10. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to play Sabatini, but I, I just couldn't fit him in. Uh, Fratelli, look out. Russell Knox is my favorite guy that cheap. But a lot of the rookies I really like. Sig's been, been named, been thrown out there. Uh, you know, Steven Yeager, he didn't perform well last week, and people tied it at him. I bet he comes back. Chad Ramey, Taylor Moore is picking up a little steam, as we said. Uh, a buddy from my state, John Augustine, he went to Vanderbilt, but he's from Kentucky. He's from Owensboro. Shout out to Ridley. Uh, look out for, for Augustine. He's someone who has been playing pretty well and has the – He's kind of like a Neesmith, where he doesn't hit it far, doesn't do well on par fives, but he can ball strike it to death. So if Augustine's going to do well, 
on the tour this year. It's at a, it's at a course like this. It's really, really like Augustine. Well, that that's about all I got. We're coming up on, um, on 30 minutes. I, I appreciate y'all. This is the time again, I'm usually going to answer questions if anybody had them, not that, um, or thoughts, cause not that I'm an expert, but we, uh, we mutually share information, but we can't do that right now. But one thing I hope you're doing, I hope you're taking care of yourself. I hope you're doing well, something that you wanted to do today and I hope you're taking care of the people that, that matter to you and then allow yourself to enjoy this. We got golf tournaments starting tomorrow morning. We get an opportunity to make money or life-changing money, depending on the contest you're in. And doesn't that just make the week better? We have this opportunity to, you know, starting Thursday all through the weekend to do something great. And that that's just wonderful. And then we have this great community. So appreciate y'all of y'all. Good luck this weekend. Let's all stay in touch. Let's all root each other on and let's win a GPP. All right, guys. See ya. One love.